The following is a presentation of Western York Independent Living's Meet the Candidates Day for Niagara County, held on Thursday, October 19th. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for your patience. Uh, welcome to our annual Meet the Candidate Day. This is being held at the Independent Living Center of Niagara County. Um, again, thank you so much for your patience. Uh, I just wanted to... So she can get in. Yeah. I just wanted to um, give you a little bit of a, an idea of what we're doing here. Um, we are going to have uh, several candidates that come are running for office this year uh, for uh, Niagara County, um, City of Niagara Falls. Um, and they're going to have about 10 to 15 minutes to talk about them themselves for a minute and then take your questions. Uh, because we have a short period of time for each person, we do ask that you try to keep your questions um, as short and concise as you can. Um, there's always time to talk to the candidates offline if you have more extensive questions or comments. Um, remember, you are residents of this area. These are going to be your representatives, theoretically. So ask them what's important to you. We want to know what they care about as far as disability, right? So um, our first candidate will be coming soon. We just wanted to give you an idea of uh, what the event is and what is um, how it's going to work. So if anybody has any questions, they can throw them in the chat if you're on Zoom or if you're in person, just um, give my attention. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Are you able to sit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to touch anything. Let's just slide over. I'm just right. Just where she was. Looking at the screen. Okay. This is. Will that be better? You step back a little bit. It's gonna work. Yeah. Well, move over. If you can see you, everybody can see you. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta see both You can't do anything to help this thing out. It's just what I've been trying for fifty-nine years. I gave up, man. Okay, no problem. Alrighty, so um, we're going to schedule just a little bit. Uh, we have our first candidate here. His name is Carl King. He is running for mayor of Niagara Falls. So we can stand right next to Okay. There we go. Okay. How you doing? I'm Carol Kane. Um, born and raised in Niagara Falls, 59 years. Um, I retired in 2019 from the police department. I had 29 years on the police department. And I had 27 years in the military. I spent all of my life on the east side 
of Niagara Falls, East Fall Street. I don't know how old you guys are or what part of the city you're from, but I was in the area where the casino is, mm-hmm. in the area where um, the Niagara County Social Services Building is. That's where I was born and raised. I know that probably the biggest issue we have, and I say we because it's not her issue, it has to be our issue, is making sure everything is ADA compliant, right? I would have to assume that's a, a huge issue. I'm going to also take a leap of faith and say that probably your next big, biggest issue would probably be transportation, if I had to guess, right? Because if I'm understanding NFTA cut off a couple bus routes, that probably helps everyone get to work, et cetera, right? So what I'll do is I'll allow you to ask me questions to see how we can work together to make this happen. It's not my city. Unfortunately, it's been the mayor's city for too long. It's been the government's city too long. In reality, it's your city. And I'm running for mayor to give you your city back, not to make it my city. So please, ask for yeah. Okay, so you talked about transportation yeah. a little bit. I actually use public transportation all the time. And one of the comments from the bus drivers, I was asking, how come you cut these routes off? Because sometimes I would take my son, I live um 66th Street where Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks is. Um, we would take the bus down to the falls to walk the falls and it would just be, or take our bikes actually, you can take them on the bus. And now we have to take two buses to get there. So that's one of the reasons, you know, they cut the route. So that was a repercussion of that. Um, he had said, well, it's because your city isn't giving us any more money. They're giving, giving us the funds that we used to have from them. So that's why we had to cut the route. Well, thank you. I wasn't aware that the city was subsidized at FDA. That's, that's my stability. We can see where those funds are going because the city has discretionary funds, especially from the casino revenue. That's definitely a thing. Because that is important with oh, the bus routes for a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, my question is not going to be. Um, I see that you're running on a Republican ticket. Yes. Sir. Tell me why. Yes. Um, because I don't judge as a Republican, I don't make decisions as a Democrat. I really make decisions as an independent. Republican ticket just allowed me to be on the ticket. In order to run as a Democrat, I would have to convince the Democratic committee to not support the current mayor, but to support me. And because I wanted change, I ran out of Republican ticket. Now, had I been also um, a registered Republican? Yes, I had. But like a lot of people, you know, you register. When did you register to vote? You'd be surprised the number of people houses I went to and said you're a Republican. They said, no, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> so a lot of people registered Democrat and Republican and really didn't know why or don't follow over the issues. I registered Republican when I was in the military in 85 and never changed. That's so, what I So my second part of that question, do you believe in the Republican agenda? If it's the right agenda, no. I don't believe in Republican agenda or Democratic agenda. I believe in the right agenda. So what I'm saying to you is that- Are you aware of the Republican agenda? A lot of things I am. But do you agree with- Well, let me me raise it another way. If the sidewalk needs to be ADA compliant, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, you need to get the sidewalk ADA compliant. 
I mean, there are other issues other than other than the sidewalk that affect people with disabilities, right? Such as uh, Medicaid and Medicare and and um, um, social some social uh, programs that affect uh, people who have disabilities. So it ain't all about transportation right. and the sidewalk. To my understanding, the Republican agenda is against that. They're not for that. Well, I think you might be talking about something at the federal level. We don't control federal level. All politics are local. I understand that. But what I'm saying to you is this. I don't have a vote in what Congress is going to do with Social Security, what they're going to do with those things. But I will tell you this. I am for the people, and I'm going to do everything I can for the people. I don't see Democrat, Republican, black or white. I see people with issues, and then we're going to make it happen. That's what I will tell you. Yes. If you get into office, are you going to have an open door policy so somebody like me could get in there? And I, the prior mayor to the one we have now used to have a task force uh, meeting with people with disabilities. That no longer has existed since he's been in office. Uh, would you have? Would you be open to have a discussion to bring back, back that task force meeting so that we could be able to have an input? Into what people with disabilities need. You got peanut butter cookies. Pardon? Peanut butter cookies <laughs> for open door policy. We will bring them. Then we gonna have open door policy. She can cook peanut butter cookies and Pepsi. You getting in, man? <laughs> You're going to the head of the line. <laughs> but I believe in open door policy. But we also shouldn't be stuck inside the building, right? When I was on the police department, one of the things I did was. Once a month, we took all the administration and we went out to different neighborhoods. Sometimes we go on Highland Avenue, sometimes we go on High Avenue, going on South. Because you can't always come to us. And it's the same thing. City Hall shouldn't always be in that brick building. We need to get out from behind those desks and also come out to you. So if you have an event or you want to invite us out or schedule something monthly, we need to do that. You shouldn't always have to come to us. And I want to make it to where you should be able to email us. You shouldn't have to wait to once a month if you have a real issue. Right? If people are falling down in front of your building, I don't want people to keep falling and be like, oh, until next month on the 19th. No, that's something we need to know now. Yeah. Um, so um, my name is Erica. I'm the systems advocate here. Um, but I'm not yet lucky enough to be a resident of the Spine City. The reason is because I can't find acceptable housing for myself and my fiance who's in a power chair. Um, we are on the look for something that's affordable and accessible and integrated. Um, so far, we have come up with nothing within the city, within the, the county. There's nothing. Um, what would you do if you were mayor to make sure that going forward, we had more access to accessible and integrated and affordable housing? Um, I think the first thing the government needs to do is get out of the business of business, right? So when government starts picking winners and losers, your prices go up. What we need to do is to allow fair competition so businesses can come in. When the businesses come in, who do they need? They need you. They need workers. Once they need you, they're going to do everything they can to get you. That's when they're going to build the housing. But as long as the government, if I take $100,000 and give it to a pizzeria, they don't need you. Right, then no one's going to build the house because they don't need you, they're getting that subsidy. But if the pizzeria, if whatever it is, the donut shops, if we get them in and they need employees, they're going to do everything they can to get you there. 
I have a friend that works at McDonald's, and she was telling me a story. They paid $70 for a worker to get um, an Uber to the McDonald's to help them out. That's how bad they needed people. So when the business needs you, everything's changed. And that's what I think the government needs to do. We need to foster creativity. We need to foster business. But at the same time, we need to make them mindful that there's other people that need housing, which is you guys and myself and everyone else. And that's how I think we will really make it affordable. When it's one person and there's 10 houses open, they have to compete for you. But if it's 10 people and there's only one house, that price is going up. And, yeah. I'm sorry, that, that leads me to a question. The um, present mayor asked this question for him many moons ago, and dealing with employment. And I asked him, I said, what would he do to try to increase the numbers of people with disabilities to work in his administration? I don't know the answer to that. I'll find the answer out later on. I think I know the answer to that. And I mean, I'm just, I guess the question is, will you be willing right, to increase that? And if so, how would you increase that? As long as you can do the job. That's the first thing. You know, you need somebody that has computer skills. You got computer skills. I don't care how you get into the, the workplace. Like we have to open up the desk. We open up the desk. If you got the skills, you got the skills. That's what we're going to do. Right. But what we can't do is if you have to have computer skills and you can't use the computer, that's a different thing. But absolutely. Right. I don't think I, yeah. none of us in this building is wanting to do a job that we can't do. No, that's so, just indicative right. of, of anyone. No, you know, like, in fact, before I got here, I had a conversation with a friend. And I was saying, you know, nowadays, as a secretary, it's more than just typing. Now you have to understand word processing. You have to understand email. Mm -hmm. That's what I was referring to. It wasn't indicative to a disability. I'm, it came I'm, out that way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, real quick. Part two, the other question you had about the housing and stuff like this. Now, we know that you're not in the position to do anything right now, hopefully, or you hope to be after November. But we got a whole bunch of people in this building right now you know what I'm saying? Who can't find housing. Right. Right. So, and are we supposed to just wait until more businesses come in here? And we know right now, Niagara Falls ain't the most business friendly place in the United States. Right. Right. What can we try to do now? Well, we can make the, the landlords aware, but I'm sure they're aware. But unfortunately, if for landlords, it comes down to dollars and cents. And when I'm in a position, when I say to them, hey, you're coming to us because you want a $10,000 grant or a $12,000 grant, how many of those apartments are you going to make ADA compliant, et cetera? How many of those are, are going to be affordable living? That we have the power to do. And if they say all these apartments are going to be $1,800 a month, well, we don't, you don't have to give them the subsidies. You don't have to give them the tax breaks. And believe me, for the money, they'll change. The question from the Zoom room, Margarita says it's written. What is he going to do about the recent crime happening in the city regarding the 2SA and other crimes? Yeah. So I was a part of community relations. And I'll tell you this, as I said about the mayor, the mayor is not responsible for crime. I wouldn't blame him for crime. But I would blame him and anyone else for not caring. We need to do what we can do. So what I would do is we used to have safe shopping days. Um, we know when there's high traffic, and on those days, we would deploy more police officers. We would engage the community in more community activities, especially the young men, right? We know when you have young men and they get aggressive and they don't have a good heart, somebody's getting hurt. 
right? We need to have an outlet for young men other than just sports. We still need to train them to have a good heart because just being smart is not the answer. We need to be smart and kind. And that's why we're going to have different programs where we talk to the men, the young boys, before they get into the system. Because there's an old saying, it's easier to train them up than to take a man and retrain them. Yeah. Do you plan to do anything? I mean, not just the young men, but just for the youth in general, because there's oh, nothing absolutely. for the kids to do down here. There's no more after school activities, really. There's no more youth center. I mean, it, is there something that you could do for the youth? Yeah, one thing we have to do is the programs that are in existence, we have to make them known to everybody. There you go. You'll, there's some programs out there, but you got 12 people in it, you got 18 people in it. Because those are the only people that know about. I think on the city's website, there should be a category where you should be able to see all the youth programs in the city, whether it's on football, the cheerleading, uh, math camp, science camp. We need to have somewhere where we can go and see what's going on in the city. Yes, I will definitely, definitely do that. I was a volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club at least probably 15 years. And you know what people would say? There's nothing for kids to do in the city. And part of the problem was because they didn't know, like Saturday mornings was cheerleading. They know Fridays was basketball. They didn't know Wednesdays was, you know, pool night. They had no idea. It's not your fault. It's the people in charge need to really get that message out there. All right. Well, I'm going to cut that off as our last questions. We have other folks that are arriving. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much, Mr. Cain, for giving us thank time. Thank you.
Um, sorry, I'm a little bit thrown off. Do you want me to give a little background or just jump yeah. right oh, in? Yeah, absolutely, you can. Oh, sorry. Absolutely. Um, sorry, I didn't jump in a little bit. No, that's okay. Um, I'll be really quick. So I am born and raised in the district that I'm running to represent. Um, raised my family there, so I'm just looking to uh, make a positive impact and uh, help build the community people are proud to be a part of and hopefully want to stay in. And I am a registered dietitian by trade, and I um, specialize in neurological nutrition. So I do work with a lot of patients that do have disabilities, whether it's physical limitations. Um, maybe it's something mental health related, but I do see a lot of different types of disabilities just in my line of work. So I am aware of the um, unique challenges that people with disabilities are faced with on a daily basis. Um, just kind of even thinking of needs like grocery shopping, it could be something like reaching something on a tall shelf or a low shelf, um, public spaces, as their access for people with disabilities. Um, even just getting out, some of my patients have a hard time if the weather is bad, if it's windy and they have physical limitations, that can be a challenge. Um, transportation, there's so many different needs. So I think my uh, profession and my internship in it helps me be more aware. And so I will um, keep that in mind as county legislators, um, anything that I can do to help improve the quality of life so that everybody can live a life that, with dignity and respect, I would definitely do it. Sorry, I just was going to throw in that little background and then yeah, I'm just going to jump in question. All right. Um, well, my question um, How would you increase the understanding and sensitivity for the issues of persons with disabilities? Should you be elected in reference to the county? So I think that, that um, one way is a platform of just communication. That's one of the kind of first things that we have to do is educate people. Are people aware of all these unique challenges? Some people have what I refer to as um, invisible limitations or disabilities where they don't look like they have anything, you know, quote unquote wrong with them or you'll see a disability, right? So educating is probably the number one important thing and using your platform, whatever it is, if you're county legislator, that would be something I would do. And we're open for questions from Zoom and in person. In the back, Gracie. Yeah. Well, I I'm not I'm not knowing where the districts are. So, okay. what district are you representing? And I'll tell you if I got another question. Okay. So, my district is uh, LaSalle and a sliver of the town of Niagara. So the streets where that covers is 104th Street to 73rd Street. Um, and it basically goes up to Niagara Falls Boulevard. And then the town of Niagara, it's Military Road. It's kind of that big triangle that butts up to the airport where it meets Porter. And then take that all the way back to Niagara Falls Boulevard. I'm not in that district, so. You can still ask me. But I, I still want to ask probably every one of them. What district is this over here on 11th Street? Did you know? Uh, 11th? Yeah. I think that's the fourth district. Okay. But I'll be working in the legislature alongside your representative. So I'm, I'm, I'm really interested about the safety of the children going down that. And, and for people with disabilities, it's really a whole district that is really, really bad. 
and no child should have to cross those roads out there. Or nor anybody with a disability because stoplights are misplaced, side places with side people miss them for the crossing lights. They just run them all the time. And it's really unsafe for any child to be crossing major roads. That would be city uh, Main Street, 11th Street, Lockport Street, Portage Road. Anything that leads into this school down here at Abbott mm -hmm. is an absolute hazard. Mm -hmm. Even people living across the street from it is a hazard for their children to get across because you don't have stoplights getting on both sides of from one side to the other on both sides, only one side. And then if they came out one way, they have to have a crossing light to go over the other one, a crossing light to go over the next one, and then another crossing light to get over that. It's a hazard. It's just all wrong. Uh, and I will address that, that to the Fourth Street District person. Yeah, you can. And it's person. also city level too, so it would be both. You can absolutely address it. Um, yeah, I, I know the town of Niagara don't have children crossing 104. They have to, you have the bus has to go past them and then come down the other side. They don't have to walk. And when the winter time comes, all of this area here. Is not the sidewalks are not plowed, the the, uh, the curb cuts are not plowed. I have to get out in the middle of the street and go up and down the street in the wintertime because there's no sidewalks here. I have to get to yeah. a place that I can get out into the to the road, somebody's driveway that has plowed their driveway out, so I can get out in the middle of the road and get up because I plowed where I live. Well, but I, I'm not going to do the whole town. Yeah, you shouldn't be expected to be there. Yeah, and all of these children, I don't know, in the 30 years I've been here, why there hasn't been more children killed on 40 trolls right out here. Well, thankfully there hasn't been. Um, yeah, thank God. But there's one thing killed over there on the other side of, my, of uh, 11th Street and Lockport. There was one child. One child was too many to die out there because they're having a crossing dangerous roads that nobody pays any attention to crossing lights or the crossing lights are not working. I agree with you. And there's a lot of, um, I think, layers to that issue, right? Uh, transportation, maybe from the police department standpoint, uh, city is probably a good place to start to look at your specific streets and intersections. And then the county can support them any way they can. If they need extra funding to reduce streets, uh, maybe the county can get involved. But thank you for Voicing that concern is definitely important. All right. Um, all right. Since you're at the county, some people sometimes confuse what county legislators can do versus the uh, city council and stuff. Just tell us some of the things that you can and you will be trying to help us out with. So countywide, I think the big uh, difference is we're really getting funds, not that we're only following what the state wants us to do, but we are getting a lot of funding from the state. And then each district is kind of saying, here's what we need to do with the funding mm -hmm. in my district and kind of getting their share based on whatever the needs are, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes certain things are just cities and it might be something like trees and potholes that a lot of people thing about mm -hmm. um, that county level we don't really deal with, but it is a, a common concern. And once in a while, sometimes there's things in the street that county level can't support and 
current funding and to redo a street is a major project. Mm -hmm. um, I would say there's a lot of services that the county provides that um, people don't realize, oh, that is county, right? Um, and then as far as like the safety and police, we aren't involved with Niagara Falls Police Department, but we do have the Sheriff's Department kind of lean towards extra help from them when we need it for the city. But those specific concerns, like the traffic, is a little bit more city, but the county can definitely help support. Well, thank you very much for meeting with us today. And um, is there a best contact in case anybody had any follow-up questions later on? Yeah, um, you can contact, I'm on social media. I think that's everybody's on social media nowadays. Um, on Facebook, you can send a message. Uh, that's probably one of the easiest ways. Um, but you would have a phone number. Actually, I can make cards. I have cards. There's a QR code right on there. You can take a picture and connect on social media. The phone number's on there, email, whatever's easiest for you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So the next one's on Zoom. Okay. So all the contact info is on the back. Thank you again. Erica, here's the next one. She's on Zoom. Spread it out. All right. So, um, we have our next candidate. She is joining us by Zoom. Her name is Bernadette L. Smith, and she is running for 13th Legislative District. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this meeting. I sincerely appreciate you giving me your time, and I also appreciate your civic engagement and wanting to find out about the candidates to educate yourselves before you vote. So thank you for being good citizens. Um, the reason I say that is because I am a 26 year educator in the city of Lockport. I'm currently a high school principal. I am the principal of Lockport High School West, which is the alternative high school in Lockport. And I was a social studies teacher and a bunch of other things before that. So civic engagement means a lot to me. So again, I appreciate you all being here. Um, as, as mentioned, uh, my name is Bernadette Smith. I'm a candidate for Niagara County Legislature. The district is 13, which is inside of the city of Lockport. It does not encompass the entire city, but the district is entirely within the city. Um, I'm extremely enthusiastic and hopeful for the future of our county. I have received endorsements, and I'm very proud of the endorsements from the Niagara County Democratic Committee, the Western New York Working Families Party, the Western New York Communication Workers Association, the UAW Region 9, Eleanor's Legacy, and the Niagara Orleans Labor Council. Uh, I'm really very proud of those uh, endorsements. It means a lot to me that people believe in me and I intend to not let them down. I am dedicated to ensuring that every individual in this district and in the entire county has their voice heard and fiercely represented. I understand the importance of a strong platform to amplify voices and champion causes. And I promise to use every bit of my grit, strength, and determination to represent you. In terms of my personal background, um, I'm a lifelong resident of Lockport with deep family ties to the city. 
I attended Catholic and public schools here in the city of Lockport. I have uh, quite a bit of education all the way up to a doctorate in educational leadership and policy from the University at Buffalo. And again, my professional experience are various roles within the Lockport City School District. I consider myself a tried and tested and proven leader within the community here. My motivation to run for political office was the worst day of my life, um, the, tra the tragic loss of my granddaughter, Raylan Huber. Uh, she was two years old, and in May of 2022, she was killed in a car accident uh, that her mother, my daughter, was driving, and her one-year-old sister was also in the car. Those two were not injured. Um, so I feel the the passion of the speaker that when I turned on, someone was talking about traffic and safety and um, this this accident happened on Niagara Falls Boulevard and Cy Road. Uh, my daughter lived in North Tonawanda at the time and was driving them home from daycare. And so I completely understand the issue of intersections and safety in terms of traffic, in terms of pedestrians. Um, and I believe we need to revisit and have a, a process that we follow all the time so that we make sure that our intersections and our roads are safe. And, you know, unfortunately, when she passed away, um, our family not only lost a beautiful angel, but we were also then kind of taught that the law in New York State, the current law still even, is a law from the mid-1800s that explains the value of the death of someone, uh, their value at the time of their death. And so the current law that was in, in place at the time, and hopefully it's going to change soon, says that the value of your life when you die is based on how much money you make at, at the time of your death. So if you're two years old and you don't have a job, you're under the eyes of the state considered worthless. If you are, you know, if you think of traditional individuals who may not make a lot of money, um, you know, a lot of times it's stay at home, uh, you know, parent, whether it's male or female, um, typically a lot of times, unfortunately, minorities, um, disabled individuals. It's actually a very, very um, discriminatory law that's been on the books in New York State since the mid 1800s. And so um, I began a, a crazy campaign of lobbying the state legislature to pass a bill to change that law so that the value of people's lives can be based not only, I guess, somewhat on their monetary, that's not really important, but really on their loved ones, on the grief that their loved ones have, the fact that they're human beings that are no longer here. Um, and so myself and, and others that I've been able to partner with around the state who have been in the horrible club, I call it, that I didn't want to join. Um, we've worked really hard and we had a bill passed last year by the state legislature that the governor vetoed. Um, and so we lobbied again and we had a modified and another bill adjusted and passed this year. And we're waiting for it to get on the governor's desk. And by hook or by crook, she's signing it. Um, mark my words. So um, that's how I accidentally <laughs> got conscripted into running for political office. Um, I feel as though I have the grit. I have the intelligence. I have the courage, I have nothing to lose, and I have everything to gain to help people. Um, I wish I would have known what I didn't know when I didn't know it. I know that doesn't make sense, but you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And I think we all need someone like me in office that's going to stand up for us and represent us as fiercely as they would their own granddaughter or themselves, and that is who I am. Um, I think one of the most important issues in our county right now is a lack of reliable emergency medical care across the county. Um, if you live in a city, like I live in Lockport, I have a professional fire department and professional ambulance. Um, thank goodness. 
If you live in the in an, a town, you don't have that. You have volunteers, which are absolutely amazing. But the problem is the volunteers are overworked and you know their ranks are, are lessening due to attrition. And sometimes lately, especially in this county, there have been calls for ambulance for critical care that the individuals have waited 45 minutes to an hour for someone to come and arrive. And we're talking about life and death situations. And so I'm committed to ensuring that the county uh, Niagara County institutes a countywide ambulance system that will support our professionals and our volunteers and provide additional resources to those places, even in a city where I am, in Niagara Falls, where you some of you might be, or North Tonawanda, there are emergencies that occur where you need, actually you need outside people to come and help, or all of your paid people are working on that emergency, so you need the volleys to come in and back them up. And when that happens, it becomes a very scary situation for anyone else in the county who has an emergency, like my daughter in that situation had two ambulances needed to respond. So sorry to interrupt you. We have a few minutes left. I yep, I'll stop talking. <laughs> have a couple of questions. In. Sure. Um, so does anybody in the audience or on Zoom have any questions for Ms. Smith? Good, because I do. <laughs> um, so... Uh, what I had asked the other candidate was, um, how will you increase the understanding and sensitivity for the issues of persons with disabilities should you be elected? So, um, like I said, I, I feel like I'm well positioned for that. I feel I'm extremely knowledgeable being in education for the past 26 years. I, I work in an alternative high school as well. So I've spent every day of my life working with, or my professional life, working with individuals with disabilities, um, whether they have 504 plans or, or IEPs or none of the above, but still need some assistance. So I fully understand um, the need to um, provide equity. And that means equity does not mean equality. Equality means we give everyone the same thing. And if you're already up here and you get the same thing, you're just going to go higher. What you need, if you're here with equity, you need what's going to get you up here. So it might look different. And it depends on, um, you know, I think I think we need to have people that are understanding and experienced in the situations that other individuals are going through and to be able to, to advocate for them and make sure that we are doing what we can do for our individuals who need whatever assistance they need, whether it's transportation um, you know, assistance with whatever housing, um, government assistance, whatever it is. So I, you can count on me to be a very strong advocate for individuals with disabilities. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you being here. And um, can you just very quickly give your contact information in case anyone has any follow-up questions? Yes. So I'm on uh, Facebook. You can find me at uh, committee to elect Bernadette Smith. You could also email me at drbernadettesmith at gmail.com. Um, and then, you know, I'm happy to respond in any way. Um, I can also then, you know, if you want, if you want to talk, I can share my phone number with you. Uh, or I can also arrange to meet with individuals in the future. I was just, I have two wet things tonight. So I'm sorry, I was double booked today, which is why I had to do virtual. Have a good day, everybody. You too. All right. We have our next candidate. I'm very excited to introduce to you um, the current mayor of, of Niagara Falls running for re-election, 
Robert Castano. He uh, he is here in the room with us. So come on to <laughs> Stand right next to her. Oh, thank you. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back with you again. I think most recently we had a conversation, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? Um, you know, I come to you today with um, a request. You know, after our conversation of a few weeks ago, I did some reading. Um, and all throughout my career, what I have seen, my new career, I have seen, you know, People should try to sell things without making me read because when I start reading, that's when things can get a little bit uh, hairy. And what I'm going to be talking to you about in this little brief uh, introduction before we um, get into the business of your questions, one of the things that we talked about was access, the ability for people with disabilities to have freer access, and, uh, their ability to um, move about within the city. And one of the things that was um, repeated um, was sidewalks. How do we navigate sidewalk spaces? And what I did is a little bit of research in about two years ago, two, three years ago, we actually updated the sidewalk statute, which had last been reviewed um, in 1919. Um, so it took 102 years to get there, but we now are in a position where property owners, both business and residential, are responsible for that sidewalk that all of us traverse. And it's difficult to get uh, business owners and even some homeowners to realize the importance of clearing off that sidewalk. And so what I'm going to be looking to do is I'm going to be looking to um, with the help of our public information officer, with your help, maybe even with a third party, I'd like to begin a campaign. Now, they may not listen to me. You know, it's easy to say, well, who the heck cares what he says? Uh, but with all of you, people who have to navigate through the nonsense that businesses and residences don't bother to take responsibility for it, maybe they will listen. Now, maybe they'll take more seriously their responsibility under the ordinance to do that which they are supposed to do. And so I'm going to be looking to have all of you act as advocates with me, try and drive home the point that this is a responsibility that we all have, that the sidewalks that are out there are not the responsibility of the city everywhere, but they are the responsibility of businesses along Pine, along Maine, along Niagara Street, along all of our business corridors. And in the neighborhoods, they're the responsibility of homeowners. Uh, the people who own those properties have that responsibility. Because I think what it does is it starts to make the community safer. Those of you that um, have mobility um, uh, difficulties, you need to make sure that those um, sidewalks are in good repair, as well as clean. And with your help, Maybe we can change uh, some of the thinking. So um, while I'm happy to be here to talk with you about the things that are, are, are of interest to you, I'm also inviting you to please partner with me on this task because I think your advocacy will speak a heck of a lot louder than me just standing there and saying to people, look, it's your responsibility to go off. Well, I think that's important. Yes. I've been one to try to advocate for it uh, we haven't been able to have our task force meeting 
all summer long. Okay. I was there at the beginning of the year for a meeting and nobody seemed to know anything about it except me. It was on my calendar. I was given the date to be there and I was there. Okay. And how are you going to propose to get these things done for the past 20 years? I've been trying to get out of a house that I couldn't get out of because people on each side of me would not plow their sidewalks. But the enforcement of the laws that you have, who's going to stand in and make sure that those enforcements are done? And I don't mean in a, in a blizzard. I'm talking after a blizzard's already happened. You give, I've given time for people to get together and, and for the clouds to learn how to come in and dip in to uh, clear out the curb cuts. And for people to uh, uh, plow their sidewalks, this whole city's in a, a, a mess. I've, I've tried to get people to cut their their uh, trees down. There's one right here on Portage Road. That's that's city property as far as I'm concerned. But maybe it belongs to uh, Tim Hortons. I don't know or whoever you got out here. What is that? That eating place right out here? Arby's. Maybe it's Arby's. Go out here. And look at the pile of trash. Even the city people who, who pick up garbage can't even pick up the limbs that's already been trimmed out there. So I can get down the sidewalk without getting slapped in the face. I get I get switched on the legs. I get slapped in the face. So I took my pulling shears and went out there and cut back an apple tree that was hanging over and, 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 and hit me with apples in the face. And, and yet you can't even pick it up. The city, who do I go to now? I tried to get things like that. We had a task force to tell you whenever things was was hanging over so bad. I go down, I go down um, uh, Pine Avenue down here at the almost to 104. Can't get them down in there. That belongs to an old library that's closed down, a parking lot next to it or whatever. It's an overgrown mess. Not every property that you look at, you get frustrated. Then you're angry, and I appreciate it. Yes, I am. I'm but not every, that. not every, well, passion's one thing, anger's another. And if you're angry, I appreciate that too. But at this point, I can tell you that not every property that is overgrown, not kept, uncapped, is not the city's property. And for you to suggest that I don't care, it's the city's, that's not right. Because the law doesn't say that. And what we have to do is a better job of enforcing the law. And what I'm driving at is this. It's more than just running people out there, citing things, and then they get to go to court, and it's 30 days, and it's 45 days. The system itself isn't going to solve this problem. That's why I come to you and say to you, what I want, what I want is your partnership in advocating in a, in a, in a public way. Whether it is with video, whether it is in a commercial sense, we need to get the message out that cleaning this up, cleaning this up is really a matter of freedom for those who have difficulties navigating through that space. And I can't speak to that. I certainly can say the words, but I can't speak to it in a way that you all can, because it's reality for me. For me, it's a sense of responsibility. I'm saying this because I think that it's the responsible thing for government to do. You're going to say it because it's not a question of responsibility. It's a question of mobility. It's a question of access. It's the same thing that I have. I have the right to walk about and do the things that I do. 
you have other challenges. And when they're not taking care of their property, they're limiting you. And I can enforce it. I can cite people and I can I can bring them to court and do all of that. But in the meantime, the time frame that it takes from that citation to it finally being taken care of, those are days you're still being cheated from the ability to move about. I want to move from just using the stick to whack people into doing what they're supposed to do to a little bit of the carrot, showing them the reason why it makes sense, giving them a sense of responsibility based upon the fact that we're all in this boat together and we have to help one another out. So that's why I come to you with that suggestion to help me get the message in their, in, in, into their heads. Okay, I don't know who's next. We have a few minutes uh, left, so I saw Ronnie. We have a question on Zoom that's been waiting a few minutes as well. Okay, I got a statement and a question. There's such thing as bad laws um, that might need to be revised. I'm sorry, say that. There's such thing as a bad law. Okay. We have we have uh, eminent domain and right of way, 15 foot of the curb bike, right? And that's part of the sidewalk. The sidewalk is actually in eminent domain. So you want to say that the Resident is responsible for when your plow comes along and plows the snow over onto the sidewalk, and then we are supposed to be responsible and clean that up, right? That law needs to be changed. Okay. Now, I got a question for you. Sure. Somewhere I read that a church over here on 22nd Street and 9th Street was given a $1,000, a $100,000 grant. What was the purpose of that for? They have some public community programs that they run. And so they made an application because the facility that they have that runs those programs for for the community, um, the building itself was um, suffered. And so the money was really used to help improve the roofing structure so that those programs for the public can continue. Do you understand? I don't know if you have a relationship with them, but do you understand that they have put people out of their facility because they couldn't afford to pay them the rent that they want for it, right? Like there was a there was a, there was a non profit uh, self help group that was there, mm-hmm. and they were it, that runs through donations, and they were asking an unreasonable amount for rent. They wanted a hundred dollars a week for one and a half hours, and when we said that we could not afford that, he told us to run the basket bike around again. So I don't understand why a place like that that doesn't support the community because they don't support the community. I'm aware of it, could get a $100,000 grant to do anything to that facility based on the fact that they they don't have anything to, to really offer. <clears throat> well, I appreciate your perspective, but they do have programs that are being- Name one. There. I, don't, I don't have the list of the, programs. The, the, so you can't name one. And you gave $100,000 and you can't so, name one program. And I will promise you that before this week ends, I will send to this office the list of programs that are running. I promise you that. So, and then when I do that, I want I would like you to please let me know a way to contact this gentleman so that I can have a conversation and we can talk about the programs. Absolutely. So, in an effort to move this offline, um, we do have a question sure. on Zoom. I'm, it's going to be the last question for today. I need to cut it for an hour. I can verify the question. The question is basically, what can you do about the homelessness problem in Niagara Falls? Yeah. Well, you know, we work with our partners. We have a number of partners, whether it's Pinnacle, whether it's, we're actually trying to see if we can start to create. Um, one of the things that I had hoped to do, and we had hoped to be able to accomplish it with um, Heart, Love, and Soul, 
Pinnacle, as well as a couple of other partners. I wanted to build, um, and, and the idea now is to try and find land available for it, right? But I wanted to build uh, an idea that I saw in a couple of other communities, tiny houses. What I learned, it, it, I think it might have been the Martin Luther King storm of 22, January 22. I was out providing coffee and hand warmers. And I, we were trying to get this one gentleman, who was a veteran, we were trying to get him to like get into a warm space, whether it was a hotel or get him over the mission. It was in that moment, and I've been doing, I've been in the business of law for nearly 40 years. And so it was kind of remarkable to me to, you know, I guess you're never too old to learn something. And what I learned is in trying to move him in, he kept on telling me, I don't, I want to be here because I don't like to have to put my stuff in a particular space and I like to have my own place. And so what I realized is this tent, which appeared to me to be an inappropriate place for someone to try and weather this winter storm was his castle. He had control of everything in there. He knew where everything was and it was his, it was his spot. Got me thinking about how part of, part of the homelessness in some instances is a desire to not have to be in some communal setting, to have a place that's your own. And so I started doing a little bit of reading on these uh, um, tiny homes, tiny houses, and there's a there's a, a whole program that really relates to getting some people that are in the home in a, in a homeless situation into these tiny homes for a limited period to help them transition. It helps bring in you know mental health, physical health, as well as social services in an effort um, to try and provide collective care to move people from the situation that they were in, perhaps into a more stable situation. Our difficulty right now is finding um, finding a location for this. Um, and then ultimately, um, we, we there really were some um, profit and nonprofit entities that wanted to lean in on this. It was something that they thought made sense. So the question now is, where do you find the land um, to build to build this? So, so, so the goal is to continue to work with our partners um, to help move people um, out of homelessness and into those locations that are safer and, 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 and um, better for them. But then ultimately, I'd like to be able to build that location where when this happens, and it will happen, it'll continue to happen, when it happens that we have sort of a transitional location, a place where we can bring people where they can where they can be safe and warm. Uh, thank you very much for coming. We really appreciate your time. And, uh, what's the best contact information for you? If anyone here has any questions, for me is um, my office number is 286-4320. You can reach me anytime at City Hall. That's the best contact place for me. I'll make sure that everyone gets that number as well. You know, so. All right, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. I will be. 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 I
Thanks, everyone. We have our next candidate here. Um, his name is Christopher Bocio. He is from the sixth legislative district. Stand. Stand right here up against the table. Now, just want to get you both in the frame. There you go. Okay, go ahead. Hi, folks. Uh, thanks for having me here today. Um, I was here a couple of years ago via Zoom during the uh, pandemic, and a few years before that when I was a candidate for the Niagara Falls City Council. I've got um, a palm card, and I guess I'm going to just go off camera for a moment and uh okay i'll do that there, there could be enough for everybody i brought 20. um so i'm the county legislator who represents uh district six and district six is really without showing you a map it's hard to explain but it's basically the south end of niagara falls from the state park all the way to 73rd street LaSalle. And it goes up to basically about Pine Avenue, Niagara Falls Boulevard. We are not in the 6th District right now. We're in the 4th Legislative District, which is represented by my friend, uh, Legislator Elder. But we're close enough to throw our rock into the 6th District, so it's, it's real close. Um, before uh, being elected to the county legislature two years ago, I'm finishing up my first term. I was a Niagara Falls City Council member for uh, four years. Worked with Mayor Rostino for two of those four years and his predecessor for the previous two. Um, I'm seeking a second term to the county legislature. I think I've uh, represented Niagara Falls and the 6th Legislative District well in the legislature, and I'd like the opportunity to serve for two more years. Um, I do not want to be a lifelong career politician. I didn't get into this uh, six years ago when I ran for the city council for it to be a long-term multi-decade thing, but I certainly want to serve a second term in the leg legislature. So I'm not every day knocking on doors, talking to voters in my district, asking for their consideration when they make their voting decision in November. Um, the palm card that I brought has a little bit more information about me. It also has, uh, Erica asked, or somebody asked the mayor, what's the best way to contact you? I have both my cell number and my uh, email address on my uh, palm card. My, I mean, my cell number is everywhere. If you Google me, you'll find you'll find ways to reach me easily. But it's certainly on the palm card, so um, feel free to uh, call me anytime or email. Whether you live in my district or not, the districts are so close and there's so much overlap that the four legislators that represent Niagara Falls in the legislature, Jeff Elder, Mark Rosio, um, Chris Robbins, and myself, we work very well together. So if you're not in my district, or if you don't even live in the city of Niagara Falls, that's okay. You can always reach out to me, and I can either put you in touch with the appropriate legislator, or I may be able to, because we work so well together, might be able to uh, address your issue um, directly, even if you're not one of my constituents. Um, having given you that rough overview, I'll open it up for uh, questions and Q&A so we don't go over for the next candidate. Great. Well, I guess I'll start it up. Sure. Um, I've asked for other cohorts in the legislature the same question. Um, how will you increase the understanding and sensitivity for the issues of persons with disabilities should you be elected? Yeah, so I'll give you a similar answer to the answer when I was a candidate two years ago, and that is I need your help on it. Uh, if like if you if I'm I would not want to come here and um make you think, oh, I'm I'm like really uh, in the know on the issues of independent living. And trust me, if you elect me or if you reelect me, I'm gonna, 
I need, I need you to come to me and say, okay, we have this concern and we view this as a viable possible solution. Can you help us with that? And likely, um, I serve on the community services committee. Likely, I'm going to go to people within county government um, who are, quite frankly, experts on this kind of thing, and they can help me kind of navigate that. But I don't have an agenda or a specific um, line item of things that I, I'm going to say, Erica, this is what I'm going to do. I'm reelected for independent living. I would be um, misleading if I tried to do that. But if you come to me, and there are a lot of agencies in my district and outside of my district who can tell you, when we go to Chris, he is super responsive. Um, if nothing else, I am super responsive. So if you have a concern that needs addressing, and whether it's the county that needs to address it or some other body, reach out to me and I'll respond to you immediately. The mayor can tell you firsthand, even though I'm no longer a city councilman and I'm not with the city and haven't been for two years, most of the issues that come my way, whether it's I'm knocking on someone's door or someone emails me or calls me on my cell, most of the issues they're coming to me with are not county issues, they're city issues. And so I, I'm very frank with them. I said, look, I am no longer a city official. However, I've got a good relationship with the mayor, good relationship with the city administrator. Let me make a phone call. Let me send a text message, whatever. And um, I find that the mayor and, and his staff are pretty responsive, at least when I reach out to them. So... Does that cover what you asked about? So, okay. What else? Yes, sir. I must add that you you are accessible because you got the breakfast thing that you put out periodically. Correct. Monthly, yeah. I've been doing that. We have to buy our own breakfast. Or you no, so so let me clarify that. So I've been doing this since I was a city councilman. So I'm in my sixth year of doing it. It's called coffee with Chris. It's not really breakfast. It's really just coffee. When I started doing it before the pandemic, we did it in restaurants. And that's where people got the idea that, that it was breakfast. Mm -hmm. And we did it across the city. We rotated in, in um, different restaurants throughout the city. And the way it worked was you could, like, let's say we were at market side, okay? You could order breakfast, but I could, like, I can't buy everybody breakfast, right? Because otherwise I had the whole city coming for my, you know, for breakfast and, and they'd order the big platter and I'd be in bankruptcy court. So the way it worked was when we did it in restaurants was if you want to order breakfast or whatever you want to, maybe you don't drink coffee, maybe you want tea, you cover that and I cover the coffee for that, for that hour. So when the pandemic happened, um, suddenly it became difficult to do it in restaurants because what happened was the capacity, well, first restaurants were closed, so that shut everything down. But even when they reopened, there were capacity uh, capacity constraints. Mm -hmm. So how could I go to a restaurant? Again, using market side as an example, mm -hmm. knowing that he can only fit 50% of his table, fill 50% of his tables up mm -hmm. and say, hey, Mike, I want to come to your restaurant for an hour on a Saturday morning, and we're not going to really buy anything other than coffee. That's just not fair. So at that point, we started doing it at the Christopher Colombo Society. Mm -hmm. I started doing it there because it's kind of central to my district. Mm -hmm. um, and what I do is I go to Tim Hortons that morning. I bring two jugs of Tim Hortons coffee, and um, and that's how it works now. But they're very successful. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, it's evolved over the years, but um, I learn more at those coffee events than really anything. Questions. Um, the, the, the people that we get there are very informed. It's, it's right. just a really engaging community conversation. I appreciate you being accessible, but um, you're talking about four, your four candidates work well together. We do, yeah. Well, um, 
I think you might want to have to work a little bit closer with the fourth district because yeah. um, it's a mess in a lot of places. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it's not really a overall county thing. You know what I'm saying? But I think that between all four of you, because you know you got Mr. Robbins, you got part of Niagara Falls too, right? Yeah, yeah. You got part of Niagara yeah, it's the smart. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And somebody need to put some more apply the pressure. You know what I'm saying to City Hall here in Niagara Falls. Because what we just heard from the mayor was we're an advocacy group, right? Right. We advocate for the city people, sure. right? We bring it to the city government, right, to try to get some kind of resolution. He told us pretty much to go out and do city hall stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, put it on video. I didn't hear that. I, I know. I'm saying you can rewatch it later on. Put it on video. And basically, I'll talk to the individuals who's not cleaning sidewalks and stuff like that. Oh. No, that's why we go to the mayor or to somebody in county to help us out with that. You know what I'm saying? So, what I'm saying is, is work good with your four. You know what I'm saying? When people bring the stuff to your attention, and help us with Niagara Falls. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, it is important that we, we and when I say we, for legislators and anyone in government, understand that we do have jurisdictions. Yes. So if you have social security issues, say, Chris, you know, I want my social security increase. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to go to Brian Higgins, who's a United States congressman, who oversees the you know social security administration, right. and say, you know, you should... If you want to go to Brian Higgins, you can do that. Well, we're not going to get involved with what are city issues exclusively, other than other than saying, Mayor, there's a pothole on you know Highland Avenue at this intersection, and you know I ride a motorcycle, it almost took me out. I, I think no, you should I, go again. I agree with you. But, but what I will say is, so when I say the four of us work well together, we we do work well together. But when it comes to like. We all understand there are city issues. Mm -hmm. For us, the four of us to say, okay, now we're going to start lobbying the city for things that the city knows are issues, mm -hmm. that might be crossing that line. Now, I will tell you, I've heard the mayor talk. I didn't hear specifically what he said at this uh, venue, but I've heard him say in the past, and I agree with him on this, one of the ways we're going to come out of this um, this uh, situation that Niagara Falls is in, the city, and it's been in for decades, is not relying on and government, and instead have individuals in the private sector also, also chip in. So let me give you an example. If you're walking down the sidewalk, and there's a piece of litter there, and there's a trash can there, yeah, we can call the DPW department and say, hey, there's litter there, pick it up. Or we can just pick it up and put it in the trash can. Now, I don't know exactly what the mayor said, but when he talks about having people look after their neighbors, mow your neighbor's lawn, help your neighbor with, like, we need more of that. So I wouldn't want to, um, not criticize, but, um, like, disagree with that, um, whether it's coming from the mayor or the president of the United States or a county legislature. We need more of that, not less of that. Would you agree that if we find efficiencies, if right. Find if we find the mm -hmm. that's code enforceable, right? Sure. And we gather all this information. And we we should give it to city Absolutely. hall. Absolutely. That's what I'm talking of about. Of course. I ain't talking about picking up trash and helping somebody cut the grass. Yeah. What I am going to talk about is sidewalks that's jacked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People clean them, and then the city come right. <laughs> No, I mean, come yeah, on, it's terrible. I agree. 
Yeah, that's different. No, and, and down in LaSalle, I don't you said you didn't you didn't say you was in LaSalle you? I go out to 73rd Street, oh, okay. LaSalle. And then beyond well, that is the But they got some bus stops there is some of the organizations, uh, the stores and stuff, storefronts in the city part. For some reason, they don't like to do their sidewalks, yeah. but the town can. I don't get it. If yeah. That's the stuff we're talking about. Sometimes we might bring it to your attention since sure. that's your district. But it's funny you, you mentioned the storefronts. So a business owner has a responsibility for clearing their sidewalks. Understood. And unfortunately, they don't do it. So does the city use taxpayer dollars, dollars that you pay into the city's fund and that I pay in, um, to clear out a sidewalk that the XYZ business should be clearing out? Um, the answer is no, the city should do it. What the city should do is cite that business owner for not that, doing what is their responsibility. That, I that's that's, 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 that's right, what I'm right. saying. It's, it's not, so, so, it's the time when we have interpreters. Oops, sorry. Just one voice at a time. Oh, we yeah. have interpreters. So I, I heard you say, why, why don't they do it? Look, um, the mayor just left. That's a city issue. I don't want to speculate on why they don't do it. I will tell you that the code enforcement issues in the city are overwhelming. I mean, they are everywhere. I mean, I, I live in and represent the 6th Legislative District. There's blood all over the place. But I know because I travel all over the city, it is all over the city. So it could be that they are doing it, that there's just not, not enough of them to do, to do every single thing that they need to be doing. That's a possibility. And I remember sitting on the Niagara Falls City Council when the previous mayor was there saying, I would be willing to vote to hire additional code enforcement officers if that would generate enough fines and fees to pay for those additional code enforcement officers. And that never really went anywhere. And I, I can't tell you why, but um, well, clearly we need to do a better job. No one, I, hope, I, I don't think the mayor disputed that. It's just, it's, it's complicated. So we are uh, we are almost at the end of our time for um, for your time block. So I did want to ask just one more question, sure. and then um, so there there's a there's a housing block in period. Um, I am currently living in Rochester um, with my fiance, who's in a power chair. We can't move to Niagara County because there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, so if elected. What would you do to try to help with the housing issue? Yeah, so it's a, it's a global, it's a national epidemic, basically. Since, and it's all started with the pandemic. And I can't explain why the prices are crazy. I was fortunate. I bought my house 10 years ago. My house is worth more than double what I paid for it. And I think to myself, what happens to a young couple who gets married, hmm. wants to start a family in Niagara Falls, and that's what we need. And then they look at the housing prices, and, and now mortgage rates are hitting 8%. So I wish I had the answer to that. I will tell you, I'm a minimalist, and I've been fascinated with the tiny house movement for years. So when I heard that, I came in on the tail end of the mayor talking about tiny houses. I love that. Now, I will tell you, one of the challenges with that is zoning laws in cities all across America to preserve the value of housing. They won't let, so let's say my house burns to the ground tonight. And I say, okay, I've got an idea. I want to build a tiny home, meaning like 180 square feet on that lot. I can't do it. The zoning prevents me from doing it. Now, there were some changes to some zoning laws. And I don't mean in Niagara Falls. I mean all over this country and cities all over. Then I think we would see more and more tiny house communities or more mixed communities where there was a, like I live on 31st Street, 500 block. I live in a 730 square foot home, which is a pretty small home. 
if you had a community where there were a bunch of houses just like mine or a little bigger than mine, and then one lot, one plot on that street, there was a 180 tiny, a, a nice looking tiny home. I think that would be kind of cool. But we've got to make some changes before we can get there. I wish I had a better answer to solve that housing crisis. And I know every elected official in this country is wrestling with the same thing. Because you're not alone, as you know. Thank you all for coming. I my number. I've got my cell number, my email address. Reach out anytime. Thanks again, folks. Thank you. Oh, right over here. I stand next to her. All right. So thank you very much, everyone. Um, our next candidate is James Perry. Uh, he is with Niagara Falls City Council. Um, just take a moment to introduce yourself and um, we'll ask some questions. Okay. Um, you want me to start off with a little summary of who I am? Yes. My name is Jim Perry. I was born and raised in Niagara Falls, New York. Uh, I went away for about 10 years in the military, the U.S. Army. Um, I, I'm eager to answer all of your questions. I have a little bit of a hearing impairment myself. Uh, so if you're talking to me, please speak loud. Um, uh, I've dedicated my life to service for my country and my community. I've instilled that in my family. Uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Hansi, but my wife works for Hansi. She's a private nurse that travels from home to home. She used to be in surgery, but she got out of that. Now we're older. And we're doing other things. So I'm eager to answer any of your questions that you might have. Anybody? Yeah, of course. Yeah, are you on the council now or are you? I am running for city council. Oh, running for city council. Yes, I ran in 2021 as an independent mm -hmm. uh, candidate. Mm -hmm. um, but in the city of Niagara Falls, the independent candidates don't get too far. That's you you got to have a party behind you. And the Democratic Party has been really good to me. Mm -hmm. uh, they came after the last one and asked me if I would run mm -hmm. on their ticket. So that I did because I got to know them all in 2021 when I ran. Good people. What are the number one things that you think you could help Niagara Falls with? Well, I'm like, here's a part two, right? Sometimes when you say help Niagara Falls, right? And then we're going to say help people with disabilities also. What's those two pieces? I, I look at being with the city council maybe a little bit different than some people do. I am not here to tell you what needs to be done, what we need to do. I am here to support what the people are asking me to do. So I take that input from people that I talk to. I hear that a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're, they're worried about crime, and I understand that. A lot of people are worried about um, the, the 
uh, level of jobs and poverty in the city. I understand all of that. When you ask me what I can, what the number one issue is, uh, I can't answer that because they they come. There's a constant. Um, it's a dynamic force that uh, you know. Today it might be an issue with crime. Tomorrow it might be jobs. It might. So it depends on what today is. Um, it's, it's a very difficult question. As a city council, I'm not the mayor. I work with the mayor and I will support and represent the people in the city and, and legislation. That, that's what we do. Uh, you got some people that are there that um, want to be there to help themselves. I'm not. I, I, you're a military retired? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, it can tell you that one of the bigger problems that is in uh, Niagara Falls is there's no housing for disabled people. Um, I myself don't have the privilege of living in Niagara Falls or Niagara County even because there's no, nowhere here for myself and my fiance to go. Um, I'm in a manual chair, he's in a power chair, and that severely limits and where we can go that's also affordable. So um, if elected, what would you do to bolster or try to assist with this housing issue? Okay, I, let me, uh, if I get elected, what the first thing you do is you can't go in with you know guns blazing and saying this is what I'm gonna do. I have to we have to look at what we have. Right? I know there are I spoke with Nepard, I met with the mayor last night, and I know there are plans on the drawing boards to help people that need uh, you know uh, assisted living that need that's a big concern for me because I have a uh, what uh, an ex-boy, a strange boy, but the divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, I bought her uh, a trailer uh, uh, down at Sunny Acres. I don't know if it used to be Sunny Acres when I was a kid. It's called Cuba Village. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I bought her a place out there. She's still having a hard time. She had a house and it was very difficult for us. I, I bought her a place that was one floor. She doesn't have to climb stairs. You, you know how difficult that is. Mm -hmm. And my wife, Tell me every time I go with her once in a while to help people. Uh, when we were up here at um, yes. is this Polino Tower? No, not Polino Tower. There's another one up here. The uh, Robo Towers, Robo Towers, Robo Towers. There are places, uh, you know, God bless, you know, we have places to live, but that place is not real friendly if you have disabilities. Um, there's gotta be a lot of there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done in that place. Um, and I go with her from, like I said, time to time. We help people with their television. So there's a lot that needs to be done. I know we're talking about a place downtown. Uh, build a, uh, a 
But those are all on the drawing board. I can't tell you that I'm going to walk in. This is what we're going to do because it depends on a lot of different factors. Okay. But I'll do my best to represent you. And uh, my my phone number, my email address is out there. If anybody needs it, let me know because we're constantly taking phone calls. Matter of fact, my wife today is out on calls. Um, so, you know, we're, if you ever need help, I'm there for it. I, I will give you that promise. If I'm in city council, I'll give you that promise. You call me and I'll respond. Okay. I, I can't make promises I can't keep, but I'll do my best. Gracie. I'm having the same problem as her, but I need three bedrooms because I have a great grandson with me and a daughter that's with me. We're all great grandson has no income. My daughter does, but we're both on fixed income. You have a landlord who doesn't want to take care of this place. If you tell him something's wrong, if I have to come and fix that, then I'm going to up the rent on you. That's, that's How thing. do you get these laws enforced? Are, are you in the city of Niagara Falls? I'm in the city. I'm in your district. I think. Um, I live on Fourth Street, so I don't know. Uh, I, 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 you know, your situation is something that borders on illegal. Um, I don't want to come out and just say that, but uh, there are things that we could do with code enforcement. I'm not there yet, so I can't tell you. I can't promise you that, but I, I live like next to two houses that are falling in. The yards look like jungles. Snakes are coming out from over there. I would like to take your information offline here if you would give it to me. I have a card. I'll leave with you so you can contact me and talk, talk to me about it because it's going to take a little bit more than me standing up here. This whole, this whole city is completely, completely at the, the alleys are, are nasty, but and nobody wants to clean it up. The garbage man, I'm going to tell you, I go around picking up garbage. Yes, I do. I go out with my, my preacher and pick up garbage, and I put it in the little cans that you've got along the side of the street out there. I do that. I go along clipping bushes that are smacking me in the face. I do that. There's some laying out on the streets. Now, look, when you see a pile of leaves and branches and stuff, Pretty much, I probably did it with her help over here, going down there clearing the sidewalks, because nobody else will do it. You can talk to people. How how do how do I go out there and tell somebody you need to you need to uh, snow plow your your sidewalk so I can get down through it? They look at me and go, "Who the hell do you think you are?" There, there's a division called code enforcement that, that should be handling that. Well, I call, but you get that reporting, and I'll get back to you when it's convenient. It ain't been convenient in 20 years for the people to get back to you. I, I would like to, I'm going to leave you a little thing. It's on my phone number on it and my personal email. If you would call me, uh, especially if I get in, like I said, I'm a, I'm a candidate right now. I know. I'm just trying to find out what you, what you are capable of, of talking to these people about and, and maybe getting done because it's not getting done. Even when we had the task force, it still didn't get done. I know the mayor... Was supposed to be. Hi, Joe. I know the mayor is supposed to be. Was he here today? Or yeah, he was here. 
Did you bring that up to him? I didn't get to. He didn't answer my my hand. Somebody else was talking to him too, and that he didn't answer my hand. Okay. He sent well, me in other places. I'll give you my card with my phone number on it, and you can call me. We can talk about it, and I will I will send that information directly to the mayor, uh, so that he's aware of what's going on. Because um, oh. I know, I know. It, it, it took us how many months to get him to answer a phone call, but that was after the state had already talked to him. So, okay. I, I'll, I'll do my best for you. I, like I said, Thank I can't you. give you promises that I don't, I, I can't, I, I can't promise you something I can't deliver on. I will promise I'll listen to you and do my best, whatever I can. That's the best I can tell you. All right. Well, um, if we can move this conversation offline, we do have we do have our next candidate. Um, so thank you very much for your time. <laughs> you can leave it there. I'll hand it to her. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. Uh, so we have our next candidate here. Um, he is from the uh fourth legislative district. This is Jeffrey Elder. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing today? Good. Come on, come on. How's everybody doing? Uh, first of all, I'm Jeffrey. I'm kind of legislator for the fourth district here in Niagara Falls. Uh, uh, for, this is part of the fourth district here. So, um, at that first, I want to thank God uh, for giving me the opportunity. He's he's head of my life. So, um, you don't find a whole bunch of people that are in politics that confess that they are men of God. I'm a man of God, and, and I follow God's lead all the time. So, I thank him for that. Um, I, I thank you, Defendant Living, for giving us the opportunity to be here to. Uh, Give us an opportunity to express ourselves, let us know what we're all about. And I thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your busy schedules to be here. It could have been somewhere else if you're here. So for me, to, real quick, I'd like to just tell you a little bit about myself. I, I grew up in this beautiful city of Niagara Falls, and I'm a proud um, um, product of the Niagara Falls public school system. Uh, shortly after graduating from um, LaSalle Senior High School, I went to the United States Air Force, and um, I, I let the Air Force train me in crash, fire, and rescue. I was a firefighter for the United States Air Force. Um, I went on to spend nearly 27 years in the United States Air Force, and um, the last 16 of those years, I uh, got the opportunity to serve on Air Force One for Presidents Bush, Clinton, and Bush. Traveled around the world many times, and it was an outstanding opportunity for me. I'm married. I have two um, beautiful daughters. Um, a, 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 a wonderful granddaughter and three grandsons. Mm -hmm. So, why did I tell you that? Uh, first of all, I'll just tell you a little bit about that, that I am truly blessed. And um, there's a song by Patty Labella that says, um, when you've been blessed, pass it on. Well, when I left to go into the United States Air Force, my grandmother told me, she said, baby, never forget where you came from. And I had so I'll, I'll, throughout all those years on Air Force One, through all those years uh, throughout the military, I found my way back to Niagara Falls. And and um, I, I, I think about it. Who would have thought that a young black man from Niagara Falls, New York, would wind up traveling around the world with three different presidents and them calling me by my first name? 
that's, that's a wonderful opportunity. So um, um, I, I, I actually uh, published the book. It's called From Niagara Falls Air Force One and Back, and it tells my whole story. So when I came back, I actually ran for mayor of Niagara Falls, and um, um, I didn't get in, but it gave me an opportunity to um, see what was going on in the city. And, and the reason that I came back was because when I left in, uh, in 1980, take myself, uh, when I left in 1980, Niagara Falls was still a booming city. Niagara Falls, and, and, and the mid-70s, Bob Parker brought the world to Niagara Falls for three straight years with the disability pageant. Niagara Falls was your last name. So every time I came back to Niagara Falls, something was missing, something else was gone. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something about that. And, and, and I, I told President Clinton that. And, and, and I told him that um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to try to help that city get where it needs to be. Well, of course, when I retired, I got a job offer right away at the Pentagon. And then I, I got, went to the uh, Department of Homeland Security and then the Department of State. But then my family started getting sick. And, and, and things, and, and God put it back on my mind. You said you were going back to Niagara Falls. So, so that gave me the opportunity to come back. And I'm truly blessed because I got two and a half years living with my mom before she passed away. And, and that was just gold for me. So, and it gave me the opportunity to be back here. And, and, and when I came back, I was thinking, I said, all the contacts that I've made, all the things that I've learned from these presidents and all these other world leaders, it would be a travesty for me to just sit around and do nothing. So that's why I jumped into a little race here. Uh, as a Fort County uh, District Legislator, people are finally reaching out to me. They know uh, the, the reason that I ran the first time, I, I told people, you don't have a voice, and I want to be your voice. I heard your concerns uh, uh, just a few minutes ago. I had uh, somebody call me earlier this morning in reference to what do we need to do about modern, about you know the the, the streets, uh, about the sidewalks and what have you? So I am addressing those issues. I have a good relationship with the mayor. When I, I ran against the mayor in 2019, but then when I became elected faster, Mr. Mayor, we are on the same team. We need to be working together, and we are working together now. So we have a good relationship. If he knows if he needs something uh, to happen uh, within the county, he can reach out to me. I know if I need something to happen in the city, I can reach out to him. So that's the way things work. And um, I, in the D.C. area, I've always told people, it's not always what you know. It's who you know. Because you could just be in casual conversation, talking about something, and somebody say, hey, you know what? I know somebody that does that. Hey, that connection is made. So I, I love talking about myself. I know you have some issues that you want to talk about. And so let me go ahead and open up the floor to that. So um, I'll jump in with the, our first question. Um, there, there's a housing issue here in the county. Um, myself and my fiance can't move here. We're still living in Rochester, and I've been working here since April. Um, the reason being, I'm in a manual chair, and he's in a power chair. There's not enough accessible and integrated and affordable housing in this whole county. Uh, what would you do, elected, to um, help foster? more accessible and affordable, that's the key word, um, housing for people with disabilities that's not uh, assisted living. Yes. Okay. So I am I, I in office right now, and things that I am doing is we're working with the land bank uh, right now to get affordable housing. I'm, I'm tired of seeing these uh, D&Bs and all that stuff. We want families, homes where families can move in, <laughs> where somebody can actually go in and 
to the remodeling, do whatever it needs to, uh, to to make it their own home. Because whatever, if you have a home of your own, this is ownership. So, and and in reference to uh, making them more accessible for the handicapped, that is definitely a, a serious priority of mine. We have to make sure that it's accessible for everybody. There's eight million people yearly come to Niagara Falls. Everywhere that I've gone in the world, um, not not only did people know about Niagara Falls. But either they were planning a trip there or they've been here. So we need to make sure that it's safe for them to come, but it starts at home. We need to make sure that our residents first are safe, have that accessibility, and, 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 and have a job, you know, that they can, that they can actually uh, um, that be proud of. So those are things that I'm working on. And I my my number is on everything that goes out. You know how much spam mail I get because of that, but I do it for a reason. People, uh, people call me and say, "Yes, look for legislator elder." This legislator elder speaking. Oh, you got your phone? I gave you my number. Of course, I'm gonna ask you my phone. So, if you have an issue with something, please don't hesitate to ask. Does anybody have any other questions? Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, you said you work well with the mayor of Niagara Falls, and you're from the fourth district. Yes, sir. Now, we all know the 4th District, I mean, everybody has some issues. Yes, fourth, fourth has your 4th has some issues. Yes, sir. Right? I'm just trying to figure out how is the mayor working with you to uplift the 4th District? I am on the mayor constantly right. about the 4th District. Right. I understand, because yes. we got like a sidewalk that's not too far away from City Hall and the side and, and, and you know, and the sidewalk looked like it's somebody built that 1812, <laughs> got a hole in it, put some metal thing on it, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And now you got kids got to walk across the street, people with disabilities, you know what I'm saying? I keep hearing people say that they got a good working relationship with the mayor. I don't doubt you at all, sir. I remember when you ran for uh, mayor the first time. You had my vote. But anyway, um, but I don't really see the things that people say they they doing with him. Yeah. So to answer that, I know you you're you're first of all you're county. I know you yes. can't do a whole lot of city things. Yes. Right. So when the issues come to me, I approach them, and uh, first I go through the normal channels, the two one one, the three one one, everything, and then. When I do not get any satisfaction there, that's when I, I, I don't want to use up all those chips I have, you know, to go to, to, uh, to the mayor. But when I do reach out to the mayor, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be getting some answers back because he, he knows if it's important enough for me to reach out to him, it's, it's a concern that we have. So um, and and that relationship, I, I, I've just been a legislator uh, for a year and a half now, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I'm building up on all, all those things, but. Um, Continuing on, it's going to be even even better for uh, for the residents of um, of the fourth district. And and I I, I represent the fourth district, mm -hmm. but I'm a Niagara County legislator. So my concern is throughout yeah, Niagara County, and I'm going to be doing everything I can to help out Niagara County. Gracie, you can be on Eleventh Street. Go down it on the left hand side where they've got the school, the library. Uh, that great big parking lot out there across from what used to be Trot. Yeah. You've got city employee volunteers out there with little reachers picking up garbage. On the right-hand side of 11th 
street, go down it, it's a disaster. Absolutely disaster. That's trying to come down it as personal disabilities. Coming down that street, it's a hazard. It's torment. It's, tra it's tractors going that, down that street to Lockport Road down there. And up Lockport Road, the same thing on the side of the, the library there, the sidewalk is a disaster. But you got kids crossing. No crossing lights on part of Lockport Road and, and uh, up to Main Street. And then you get up there, the light is off, off center. People don't even look at it. They just go turning when the light changes in their in their lane. They just turn. I had cars come up to me right here and on the other side. And I got this little boy on the back of me taking him to school. No child should have to cross that. No child. Around that school, there's no street that is, and I would go with you anytime, any day. And let you look at what goes on out there. Okay, so is that there's issue? a lot? There's a lot of parents bringing their kids to school. Yeah, the road is just blocked up with parents going there. <laughs> and when you go to the parent-teacher meetings there, oh well, we don't have but a handful of children out there crossing the streets. Only a handful. I said I'm taking one to get killed out there. Okay. One. So has that, has that been? The house already got killed out there some years ago. And it's still not safe. Okay, I don't care what money so has that, I'm a taxpayer. Has that issue been brought up to the, uh, to the, uh, so far? Has it been brought up? And oh, if it has I, been... I can't get in the mayor's office. We did have a task force meeting going on there. But that has been, uh, with the new mayor, that went out by the board. Nobody knows about it. Okay, and so I'm trying to get me to shut up right now. Okay, so send that information to me, and I will try and work it with you. Because one, once we get the information, we can't just sit on it. So, and, and in reference to those sidewalks and um, and streets, the city has been starting to um, replace sidewalks and streets. Niagara Falls has a lot of streets and and, and sidewalks. Oh, that I know they are in now. need of repair, but it, you know it, it's starting. And um, <laughs> one, one thing that uh, President uh, Biden did with that infrastructure. Uh, and, and 20 years ago, Biden wasn't there. 20 years ago, I, Biden wasn't there. Right. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about 30 years and it ain't changed. I'm talking about right now, man. So right okay. now, we infrastructure in Niagara Falls is so old that we're going to have a lot of problems. So we need, to, we need to continue on those things and, and, and to make sure that we get ahead of them because we're going to be caught in crunch. And then the next thing is the, the uh, house owners that have these places, how do we enforce them to do it without threatening if you do this right. raising your rent so you can't afford it and have you evicted? Well, that's that's a total another issue that to take a bit of time to go on. Well, so um let's get your contact information out and have the conversation had offline. You do have a woman who's been waiting very patiently on Zoom to ask a question. Okay. I'll read the questions. Basically, uh, for people that are elderly, disabled, veterans. Uh, what can we do to help them uh, with, with maintenance around their houses, uh, keeping up with their lawns, keeping up with their sidewalks, things like that? Okay, so um, there are, I'm, I'm a veteran myself, and uh, one of the things and that so I am I. Well, thank you for your service. Well, thank you too. But I do it for my community. That's the reason I'm fighting these, these people out here now. Besides just my problem, there's a whole lot of other problems out here. There are, and we're trying to, and we're trying to address those. So, um, in, in reference to, um, um, the first part of that question, assisting with side, um, with clearing 
uh, people who are elderly, disabled, uh, yeah. seniors are having uh, challenges keeping up with their property, keeping up with their sidewalks. Yes. So whatever, um, we have a few programs with the county, but what we would like to do is neighbor, um, get out into those neighborhoods and, and, and let's see if we can have um, the neighborhood blocks and what have you. Um, anything that we can do with our veterans, have our veterans come out. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to support the veterans. I'm trying to um, uh, get any type of discount that we can for the veterans. So uh, any anywhere, um, everywhere I go, I ask, hey, do you do anything for the veterans? Uh, one place, Delta Sonic said, yeah, we do. Uh, we uh, we give them a discount on Veterans Day, and my reply to that is, well, they didn't just serve on Veterans Day, so you know, so. But when, when we hear an issue. We will address that issue and we will try to uh, reach out and help those community people that are in need. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure. So if anybody needs uh, to reach out to me, please do. All right. Thank you all for taking your time. Now, one of the cornerstones of my campaign is cooperation. This this man's a Democrat, I'm a Republican. Yes. This guy's a great, hardworking man, <laughs> great veteran. Thank you. I'll be happy to serve with him. All right. Bigger. Uh, so our next candidate is here from Niagara Falls City Council. His name, name is Michael Garwell. Just take a moment to introduce yourself. We'll ask all questions. No, I'm sure. I'm one person. Yeah, my name is Michael Gowell. I lived in the city of Niagara Falls all my life. Uh, attended local schools, Niagara Street School, Gaskill Junior High School, Niagara Falls High School, um, then Niagara University. I have an accounting degree from Niagara University. I've been a CPA uh, for 40 years. And my office is currently on 118. 87th Street in Niagara Falls, um, doing personal taxes, corporation taxes, partnership taxes. Um, I think I understand the budget better than the other candidates who are running. Um, I've actually been the other back when I worked for Arthur Young. I was the auditor for the city of Niagara Falls, so I understand that. Um, I also served in the city council from 1990 to 1994, so I've got more experience than anybody who's running for city council. I also have a law degree from the University of Buffalo with a concentration in tax. So I think I'm the best educated candidate. I think I'm the most experienced candidate. I think I'm the best qualified candidate for city council. Also, I have three beautiful kids and three beautiful grandchildren. All right. Well, then I will open it up with some questions. I'll get us started. Um, there's a housing issue in Niagara Falls. Um, I myself do not have the privilege yet to move to um, the city, the town, or the county. I'm still in Rochester because there's nowhere for me and my fiance to go. Um, I'm in a manual chair. He's in a power chair. That makes our options very limited. Um, what would you do uh, if elected to improve the housing issue here for people with disabilities who need physical access, need, um, have physical access needs. I think um, there's definitely a housing problem in Niagara Falls, but there is a lot of housing stock available. Um, I have five properties that I own. Um, I work with a lot of landlords, as an accountant, who uh, have multiple properties. I think we need to go into the private sector and 
talk to those people about making those properties successful to the handicap. Um, obviously, some people have a single or first floor properties that would be available. I, I think there's there is some government money to make those properties available, not just with the housing authority, but with with private contractors and people who can who can make money and, and let's say put a group of properties together so make bigger little community. Uh, maybe a four unit or eight unit. I like got my eyes on something. We just bought a commercial property on uh, 18th Street, um, and we've been looking to put housing around that. Um, does anyone have any questions in the room or on Zoom? Gracie, City Council. Yes. What can you do to enforce? The laws about these, you said you were a landlord? I am a landlord, yes. I hope you're a landlord, not a slumlord. I am a landlord. Okay. I, I All my properties are nice. All of them are rented. And, uh, and somehow or another, did you could enforce laws about the slumlords? I, I think there's no sense having laws if you don't enforce them. In uh, landlord code enforcement and short term rentals. I've said to some of the other people who are on the council right now, you want more money in there. How do we enforce it? You put the money in the budget. I don't think the, the council understands how the budget works. If they're going to complain about slumlords, put more money in for code enforcement, put money in for another inspector. And then you have to work with the, the judges. There's a housing court. They just let people go. If you go down to the inspector's office, there's a stack of complaints this big. I don't know if it's because people are retiring or the, or the supervisor's issue, but there's there's got to be a better allocation of, of resources, not only with housing, with inspections, with police and in the courtrooms. I don't think our city's corporation council is aggressive enough against a lot of people. Um, they just kind of let things go. One of the things they have also talked about in, in, you know, soft the housing problem is in-run sales. I think the city of Niagara Falls should have an in-run sale every year. I'll give you two examples. Um, the old Getzman Hardware store in Cuba Drive, and I said to the mayor before, it hasn't paid taxes since 2006. City tax, county tax, school tax, or any water bills. Hundreds of thousands of dollars it'll be. Client of mine bought the property, made an agreement with the county, the school district, the city to pay the taxes, to pay all the water bills they were due, to put 300000 into that building, it's back on the tax roll. They should do that every year, not wait six years to have a sale, because there's only so many buyers out there. If you sold 50 properties this year, you'd sell 50 properties. You wait 10 years and you have 500 properties, you're going to sell 50 or 60 because people run out of money. Another example is next to the building we bought on 18th in Michigan, there's a, a vacant building next to it. And it looked like it was a nice house at one time. And I found out who the owner was by looking it up in, in the city records. And she lives in North Taiwan. I said, would you like to sell your house? We'd like to buy it. She said, I don't own it. I, I haven't lived there for five years. I said, well, you still own it. She said, well, I'll sell it to you for $500. I said, well, yo. Twenty-eight thousand taxes. You can't sell it for five hundred dollars. But if the city would take that and allow somebody to 
homestead it or buy it for a cheap price. I mean, when the city sell, does sell properties, and, I, and somebody else here complained, there was a property on Rhode Island that was sold, and then the city sold it for $500. It's a vacant property between a junkyard and Saron Construction, and the cinder road. They're selling a piece of cinder that's contaminated. And those are properties that the city shouldn't own. You know, somebody could buy it and fix it up or use it. Um, it saves the city money in providing services, and it goes back on a tax roll. So there's a lot of properties in the city of Niagara Falls that could be available for people to own or rent um, and if, if we had a program. The other thing I would propose is an ownership program. Um, Amazon is moving to town of Niagara. They say they're going to have thousands of jobs. The city could offer work with Amazon because in other states they do where anybody who's a new Amazon employee, if they would move to Niagara Falls, they get $500 or $1,000 for closing costs to get those people to move into the city of Niagara Falls. There was a plan originally when the casino opened up to put housing along 7th Street. That was going to be housing for the casino executives or for people from Memorial Medical Center. That, that's never happened. We need to push those programs back and not just talk about it. And that's my complaint about some other people. They talk about these programs, they need to, to do them and complete them. Yes. Also, about these slumlords not giving you a receipt when you pay the rent. Well, as, as an accountant, you should always pay by, by check. Or... They won't take, he won't take a check. He won't take money order. He will not give you anything. He just says, if I have to do that, I will evict you. You can, but uh, I don't know. There's, there's gonna, there's bad people out there. And yes, but what do we do about it? Enforcement. I mean, they, uh, the city just brought an action. I think last year against a, a landlord who had two hundred properties. There, he was a, sl a true slumlord. Yeah. Bigger fines, and I, I guess because money doesn't hurt those people, you have to put them in jail. Maybe. Yeah, and and people that are on fixed incomes. You have nowhere to go. Have nowhere, nowhere to go. And that person becomes homeless. Look at me. Coming homeless. Terrible She's thing. coming homeless. It's a terrible She's going to become homeless. That's a terrible, terrible thing. Again, I think. What, what, where do you go? What do you do to get these things enforced? And get a receipt because I'm not giving you so uh, why don't we share your contact info? You and Gracie can have a conversation. Yeah. I know that there's someone who had been waiting for a sec to ask a question in the last few minutes um, okay. on, on Zoom. Yeah, my, my number is in here. Uh, you know, I did talk to some other landlords. If you could tell me afterwards what you're looking for. I mean, I, I know people have properties. I know there's some issues. Uh, a lot of them now, these newer properties are like on a Niagara Street where they're on the second floor. Mm -hmm. But I gotta believe there's some available. I, I had one of my properties does have a handicap rent on uh on Britain is currently rented the handicap rent up there and then the handicap rent um because it's only got one step from the the room. VA will come and put in a ramp. You didn't tell me you're a veteran. Yes, you know, and there are other groups. I think I think Habitat for Humanity will, will do that if you can get some, enough lead time. So there are groups, and I, even Kenny Tompkins has worked on putting uh, 
making buildings uh, handicap accessible. So there are groups out there, and maybe the staff here can help you. If not, my number's there, and I'll, I'll, Perfect. I'll give you a hand. So, uh, there's, a, there's a question on the Zoom. Okay. Um, the program to help with updating windows, et cetera, there's a four-year wait. How can you help decrease the wait time? Also, what about the loan with 3% interest to offset the price of updating houses? I was told there's some money left in that program. Is, is somebody in Zoom? Is the program through Niagara County? And it doesn't say. Would have been state, county, I don't know. And this, there's money. I, I think that's a, a federal or New York State funded county program. Probably a better question for uh, Chris McKinney or Chris Hotel. But, uh, you know, there's a way alloc allocating of resources. There's a way for getting sidewalks fixed. There's a way for getting trees cut. There's a way for housing. There's a way for heat. Um, there's only so many resources. Um, and, and again, better allocation. It's not going to cut it down from four years to two months, but maybe. Uh, Get the list going. I mean, there's a, there's a six month wait for garbage cans if you break off the wheel of the garbage can. Who says it's in Niagara Falls? Niagara Falls? Yeah. What's, what's the name of it? Uh, she doesn't give a name. Um, she's on a wait list for the city hall. Okay. I would just say, just keep keep asking us. Sometimes people are waiting so long they drop off the list. Yeah. Okay. Just plug them. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. I know they're about crimes. Nineteenth and Ashland. Get rid of it. Anywhere else? Pretty much anywhere you turn, yeah. there's crime or drugs or anything. Right. Right. right here. Fifteenth and Pine. Seven eleven there. there now. Anything down there? Yeah. Zero rate from Niagara Falls right now. Yeah. I think they, they need oh, to make the public you hear about that? I think one of them was right here. Yeah. One of them was behind Pine what about right here with the, oh, right. Well, thank you very much for your time. And we really appreciate you coming today. Thank you. Yeah, the one was at Pine Plaza behind. Pine Plaza right here. And then one behind, it's a Pine and Harry. So this Harry is a Pine Plaza out in town. No, that's on corner military. That's Niagara Falls. I have experienced both in, in all of its greatness and 
and the disinvestment that has taken place over the last uh, few decades. Uh, most recently, I would say what got me into wanting to actually run for city council, I started working uh, with a grassroots organization and community organizing about nine years ago. Um, I was able to see the impact that uh, people could have when they really connected together towards a common purpose. So I'm currently the uh, director of this organization, Create a Healthy Niagara Falls Collaborative, and we work to improve uh, physical activity, um, food access, and connecting through communication, which is back to that grassroots organizing piece, to really help build a uh, power base of people that are working towards the changes that they'd like to see in the community. And I think the next step in that, in getting into the process and exciting others about envisioning Niagara Falls in another way was running for city council to help people really see that it's not as scary or as hard to really engage civically in these processes that uh, affect our, our daily lives. Um, I've been voting probably since I was 18. That was something my grandmother really instilled in all of us. But to really get to work, um, I, I think many of us are off put by some of the, the, the political landscape as it currently stands. And, and I want to try to work to take the fear out of that and, and really bring back the fact that we're in working together or working for a healthier space for us. So that's a little bit about me. All right. So then we will open it up for questions. I will ask the first one. Good. Um, so there is a, a significant housing issue in Niagara Falls. Um, I'm currently trapped in Rochester because I started working here in April and have not been able to find any housing that is affordable and accessible. I can't say it's also um, in a power chair. It limits our options. If it is accessible, it is not affordable to us. Um, if it is affordable to us, it is not accessible. Um, there's also an issue with having integrated spaces where um, you would have affordable and accessible spaces, but it's only disabled people or um, segregated. So, yeah, basically. So what would you do to uh, help this issue make sure that there is more housing options for disabled people in Niagara? So just to speak to the, the housing issue uh, first, we have a, an aging stock that is, and it's been like that for a while. I have really wanted to dig into um, opening up the, the, the auction system as it, as it was, right? So I rent currently, but I rent because there is not an affordable option for me to go out and try to find a house to buy. So for me, I think getting some of the, the housing that is currently here back into the hands of people that can, one, afford it and, and are able to, to utilize those spaces. Two, when we talk about accessible housing, I think that we need to have someone that is experiencing disability at the table speaking to that. I can say what I think should be happening, but without hearing the voice directly from a representative such as yourself in those rooms and at those at those meetings, um, we, we don't, I don't think we can really express the scope of what needs to happen. Um, housing should not be uh, segregated, speaking as a person of what, what it is to be to be other. So I, I believe that, again, having the conversation be as inclusive as possible allows us opportunity to see um, what opportunities we have to move forward to have a more collective space. Okay. And 
How would you suggest that a disabled person or a person with a disability get involved to be able to be in those rooms? So I, I think we can start by connecting with service agencies, such as independent living. I bring some of those representatives in. And so like when I came to the room, I saw uh, Gracie go right there, right? And so there's some spaces that I, places that I've been in. Um, my, my friend Danny over here was on Niagara Street that folks are coming into where they, one, they're, they're, they're comfortable, they're welcome, and they've made that their, their space is all covered. So connecting with others that already have access to individuals that are participating would allow us to say like, how can we start these conversations about housing, whether shared or home ownership or other things to get that other Thank you. Does anybody in the room or on Zoom have any questions for our candidate here? I don't have any questions. I, know Mr. I met Mr. Archie when I had a, a breakdown with my chair over on uh, Main Street. He's already heard me all about 11th Street, Pine, and 40th. He's, he's heard me already. I've already spoke to him, and I, I appreciate his help that day. But I still don't have a petition ready for anybody to start signing. I don't know why, but we're going to get into that today. But uh, I'm still looking for a petition to to see about changes. And so, and, and what, if, if you don't mind, so what, what me and Gracie discussed um, was really about uh, mobility, sidewalks, and, and them being accessible to the motorized vehicles that, that, are, are, that are being in use in the city. So I know that sidewalk uh, repair has been happening over the past several months, but again, not to the capacity um, that is able to affect everyone positively. So that is something that we could continue to discuss and work towards. And we should also kids. be considering the safety of our children with the oncoming snow that's coming out here. I don't know what kind of influence you guys might have, but something needs to be done because for 30 years I've felt my breath is seeing little children go down and have to walk in the street because they cannot crawl across these curb cuts. When I was a bus driver, I never let a child have to get on my bus going over a, over a bound of snow like that. And the city should be as respectful of the safety of these children as I was when I was driving school bus. Understood. Thank Make sure to relay that message. Yes, do we have a question on Zoom? Uh, no. You know, I okay. Have a question. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, I wish you well. I heard your name before. Did you have a son to go to Niagara Falls or something? No. I, I, I have uh, six children, but my son that you're probably talking about, Brian, he used to he ran track. Okay, I got you. Yes. Yeah, he blew my son's doors off one day. But anyway, um, I wish you well, but what would you do if you become unlucky and not win? Something like that. I think you would win, but so, what would you do if you don't? So I'm, I'm gonna say this: if by if by chance um, I'm I'm not allowed to to be placed in that seat, I have been active in the community for for eight eight nine years mm -hmm. already, and some time before that, before I found actual direction right. and what and what to do. So I I wouldn't um, it would not hinder my ability right. to 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 be active and participate. Um, it's it's weird for me even to attend some of the some of the things that I do now as a candidate because I would be at them anyway. 
at the community centers, mm -hmm. to town meetings, you know, things of things of that nature that are happening. Right. I'm there because without without participation, um, I don't think I can ask that of, of anyone else. So my first job is to really try to be an example, as positive and as, as of an example as I, as I can. So you already do. I'm already. No, I've heard your name already. Before. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. you're already. Yes, sir. So a lot of people don't already do. They just, you know. So and, appreciate it. And it was again, like I said, it was. I think the next step up to be able to engage in the process of, of, of recreation and change in a community is, is to start to participate in the government process, which affects us more than at the federal level. We have a, about five minutes left, but we do have a question and comment on Zoom. Yeah, it's a question for somebody on Zoom. Um, they're asking how we can help people, disability seniors and veterans who are not able to do their lawn work, snowmobile, and things like that, especially in Niagara Falls. Okay. So we, our organization actually had um, a program and it, and it didn't take off very well um, from lack of participation in which, and we call it community currency. And I believe that this can also be something that we could connect with our youth for. And really it was uh, a service exchange with our neighbors and people in the community. We were talking about taking out the garbage, cutting the grass, doing snow, running errands, um, as an opportunity to create a healthier community and at the same time turn what we call you know time bank hours that they can then take to utilize some other service, whether it be a haircut, right? Or being able to go to the store. And so and this this type of exchange, right? Some will call it a virus system. We like to to frame it as um I understand that we're in a community that you know lacks employment rather than living wage employment. And a lot of times we need help to make ends meet. And this really took money out of the way and allowed folks to have services. So for me, it, it is about engaging another piece of the population to help. It may not be in that program, but really getting some of our younger folks involved. And then my other piece is, you know, a healthy community means to me that like we have, we have access to food, we have accessibility, the transportation system is good, we have those living living wage jobs. When we don't have that, we have folks that are going without, right? And we don't know that unless we are introducing ourselves and engaging with them at every opportunity that, that we can. So it's about trying to get to know the folks that are in our communities and in our neighborhoods to really identify what it is that, that they need to, to live forward and healthier lives. All right. Well, before we let Mr. Archie go, do we have any last remaining questions in the room or on Zoom? All right. I'll make sure that you all have his contact information in case you just forgot to ask something um, and something's really itching your brain. I'll make sure you have a way to contact him and ask. Thank you very cool. much. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm trying to figure out which camera to look at, but I appreciate uh, your time. And I will say, whatever you do, remember you have a vote. Everyone. Well, that was the last candidate for the day. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your thoughtful questions and comments. And um, truly, if you have anything else that you would like to ask a candidate or you uh, would like me to pass along, please feel free to reach out and I will get you any information that it is that you need.
Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon or evening.